Hello and welcome to The Fandamentalist, the fandom podcast investigating all aspects of geeky media. Welcome to the I Disappoint Dad Club. I've spent my life trying to build something here. Growing up, a non-white, non-straight girl in Blue Springs, Nebraska. I wouldn't wish to excite your anticipation. I never asked to be made! Exactly the hero I to be. That theme song you just heard is Good Riddance by R. Stoner, which is available for you on the Free Music Archive. And they have some rockin' things on the Free Music Archive, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, Gretchen and I were finding, like, old-timey tracks on there recently. Oh, man, it's pretty awesome. It's really awesome. It's, like, phonograph style. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wait, who am I? That's right, my name is Kylie, and here with me are Gretchen. Hello. Julia. Hey. And joining us from across my table is Griffin. Howdy. <laughs> the, how did you get here? Weird. Magic. It's just you know, it just it just happens sometimes. Yeah, just he, like, b- he borrowed Batfinger's teleporter. Ah, exactly. obviously. Yeah. The four of us write for thefundamentals.com for fundamentally sound fandom analysis. We have all sorts of geeky news, reviews, analysis, lots of analysis. We take, we take them deep dives, and we take them seriously. Yes. Uh, scuba diver. And of course, on this podcast, we talk about fandom things, because we just can't get enough. But there's no and seriousness just... involved. <laughs> no, not at all. So, we've got a very special episode. We are going to be talking about surfing and pumpkin spice. Yes. But before we get into <laughs> any of that, let's bring you the latest in the fandom news from the past few weeks. And Griffin is going to be doing this blind because my laptop can only face me. So. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Just, yeah, you'll just have to react. Sorry. Okay. All right. I, I, I got it. All right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, the first piece of news, which is actually really exciting, The Bold Type, uh, which is a really cool TV show. Uh, very intersectional, gets into like a lot of queer issues, a lot of culture clash kind of things. Islamophobia too. Yeah. It, it got renewed for two new seasons. However, there is going to be a new showrunner. Yeah. And a new, um, uh, head writer, I think. I think. Oh. Yeah, it's two different, two complete change up. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's interesting. Lots of shakeups. Yeah. Which is interesting because if I recall correctly, the story was based off of the showrunner's actual life at, um, Vogue. Right? right. Or, um, Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a thing. Okay. Stop, huh. stop pointing at the cats. Uh, <laughs> uh, how that's gonna frame out, I have no idea, but something tells me it's not going to be nearly as seamless as the season seven to eight to nine transition of the end of Seinfeld, where Larry <laughs> David, you know, famously quit because he, because he always threatened to quit, and then Jerry could never convince him to come back. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's good news. I just, I, I'm not sure why we, there are these shakeups when, like, what was there was so good. Well, usually because people are sick of working that hard or something. Budgetary constraints, possibly, or mm. creative differences. Mm. Creative differences. Right. Air quotes. Yeah, so it's yeah. something to keep an eye on, but hey, two new seasons of a show like that is really good. Yeah. It, it, as long as they still have the principal cast and most of the writing staff, I think so they can probably salvage it. Yeah. And ideally right. do more than that. The next thing. Spe- I was going to say, speaking of weird things. Speaking <laughs> of weird things, yeah, Gretchen, you want to explain this one? Um... So, I can't remember if it was last episode or the episode before we told you about My Immortal, Mm -hmm. um, and about how the author of My Immortal had come out of the woodwork because there was some kerfuffle with the New York Times bestseller list, and people thought that she had written this other really awful book, and she came forward and said no, and she was getting a book deal that was like her memoir about how she wrote My Immortal to find her younger brother, 
Um, so apparently that may not all be true. <laughs> the the brother came forward, basically. Yeah. It, it was like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah. So her memoir deal, I think, got pulled. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The book is her memoir deal. I think it was called Under the Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like no, that. that book is no longer being produced. And so people are saying that that gives credence to the brother saying that none of this ever happened and she made the whole thing up. I read somewhere that it could be because she actually, you know, personally falsified some of the documents that she didn't want or like her family's names right. coming out, which could be true, which mm-hmm. is the reason right. that they couldn't verify it. That could be true. The other could be true. Who knows? No, I, I guess I guess she does. I just sort of don't want to speculate too much on it, but it's yeah, getting weird, it man. Weird. Yep. I it think it's definitely getting weird. I think we should just let my mortal be my mortal. Yeah. <laughs> it is an internet, you know, touchstone. It will always be there. Yeah. Until fanfiction.net inevitably explodes. <laughs> is fanfiction.net still around? Yeah. yeah. Somehow, yes. I don't think it actually has any sort of web development or IT team or <laughs> no. or a server. So. And we know that Archive definitely has a web development team because they're always pulling it down. To and be they're like, always hey, asking for money. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like mm-hmm. once a quarter. They do a good job. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I am not going to complain about... Not, they do tons of uh, Speaking of good jobs, uh, Punisher was pulled from New York Comic Con because everything is terrible and there is a mass shooting in America again. Mm-hmm. Speaking of slightly not as good jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, you can talk yeah. about it. Uh, okay, um... Just, what was it, like a day later? Yeah. Uh, Marvel pulled their uh, Northrop Grumman uh, partnership deal. Yeah. Fra- which is, uh, for those who don't know, one of the largest uh, military contractors in the world that make, you know, How like, deal with B2 Marvel? Spirit nuclear bombers. Yes. Yeah, with Marvel for actual recruitment put- ads in their mm-hmm. comics mm-hmm. for, like, this one-shot oh, comic they're gonna partnership put, like, deal. Wonder- they idea... Like- no Wonder Woman is DC. They're going to put, like, Captain America stickers on their guns or something? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Uh, not quite as Hydra-E as that. Okay. Um, were <laughs> Yeah, what they were going to do is uh, have, like, recruitment, like, propaganda ads inside of this one little one-shot comic that were going to be like, Hey, kids, join STEM so you can do aerospace and also weapons design, because this was mostly what we do. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to introduce STEM to more people, but, like, there are better ways, because... In case yeah. you guys, yeah, I mean, like, they have a lot of super scientist characters, like Reed mm-hmm. Richards, who is a scientist, but they don't want to use him because Fox owns the movie rights. That's oh. true. I'm not making that up. Also, apparently, um, Joe Quesada, the, uh, you know, creative officer of uh, Marvel Comics, had no idea any of this was happening. Oh. Someone Which needs is- to talk. Like, yeah. These people need to communicate with each other. Someone Nick needs Spencer a more effective idea. executive assistant. <laughs> But hey, good on them for being sensitive about Las Vegas. Uh, right. Yep. Well, that's actually, that's Netflix that pulled it, not Marvel. Oh my god, of yeah. course. Oh, hey, speaking of sensitivity, I know that everyone was hit really hard by Hugh Hefner dying. Yeah, so I was devastated. don't worry. Don't worry, there's going to be a biopic, <laughs> and it will be starring Jared, Jared Leto. Leto. Why not? Uh, Seems appropriate. Good casting. <laughs> Just It's one of those things that on the one hand, you're like, really, people? And then you're also like, well. I mean, that makes sense, so... That's I mean, kidding. people were trying to t- talk me into not being completely just, like, ding-dong, the witch is dead about Hugh Hefner dying by, like, saying he was into, like, trans rights and things like that, which is true. But he also... He was a very cynical businessman, wasn't he? Was, he? he was really gross, and right. I can't get past that. He, he, 
he made money off of sex positivity. Like that's just <laughs> yeah, right. But it was it was sex positivity in the sleaziest possible way, right? Because it was also very like cishet white male focused sex mm-hmm. positivity, even if he was inclusive of other people. Like it was yeah. still very much about like himself. Mm-hmm. I think we'll just have to find out in time whenever all the information comes out if it actually was a net positive or not. I don't care. I don't want to think about it ever again. I was just going to say, people are allowed to have a mixed legacy. Like, yeah, that's true. Oh, totes. Yeah, We're true. allowed to say, like, he's gross and he did some good things and both of those things are true. Yeah. Okay, Make dialogue fine. nuanced Go again. Go and shit, <laughs> I'm trying. I was going to say, speaking of biopics, there is going to be a notorious RBG biopic. That's yes. uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh my god. Starring, you said it wrong. <laughs> starring Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It, she was originally cast by Natalie, as Natalie Portman was originally cast. That is really right, ironic. Are they just going through the Star Wars? Thing? I have so much to say. Well, Natalie had to pull out, but apparently she's been involved with this project for five years, and there's a lot of people a little bit upset about it because Nat Poe is Jewish mm-hmm. and Felicity Jones isn't. Um, I don't really care as long as the writing makes it clear that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is Jewish. Yeah, a good writer can pretty much just, Yeah, And then the actors are actors, so... Yeah, yeah, I mean, Felicity Jones, I haven't seen her in anything but Rogue One, and so... And she just sort of was there. She I she mean, seems fine. She, she she was there. But this is, like, gonna be a big thing. Kathy Bates and Sam Waterston are in it. I like Sam Waterston. Oh yeah, he's gosh. great. So, I'm kind of hype. He looks great in bow ties. Yes, yes. he does. I'm yeah. yeah, I'm excited because I love Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. I love that she's getting a biopic. Yeah, most powerful Jewish woman in the country, despite all those articles. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Okay, so if you're gonna Jewish. call a yeah. woman the most powerful Jewish woman in the country, make sure she's not a fucking crook, okay? Right? <sighs> Who's inevitably gonna That's... go to jail at some point? Um, Julia. Well, I mean, she li- she literally is a crook. Yeah, but, that's but like uh, phrasing different language, dear. <laughs> Make sure she's not. She's a criminal, okay? She is person. a criminal. There we yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's she's a crook in the same way that <laughs> that Richard oh Nixon God. was. <laughs> I have no transition off of this, so I'm just gonna just say jump it. To the next thing. Netflix is buying Canada. What? Wait, what? <laughs> no, Netflix is buying a bunch of like Canadian, Canadian produced. Content. Oh no, I knew yeah. that. I yeah, was yeah, gonna yeah. say they're buying Canadian real estate. No, they're just like investing heavily mm-hmm. in Canadian uh, shows and stuff like that, which I think is a good thing because, yeah. uh, as we all know, all the best shows come mm-hmm. out of Vancouver. So. They do. Oh, yeah. No, no I'm all serious. the best shows Wait, come out of Toronto. I thought that was okay. just the CW. <laughs> what name a show that came out of Toronto, dear? Um, Orphan Black. <laughs> that was that wasn't Vancouver. No, that was Toronto. Ah, <laughs> is that why the money looks so weird? And they never mentioned any of the town names? Oh, no, they did. They, like, they did mention town names. They there mentioned, like, streets Canadian. and suburbs and things like that. <laughs> yeah, they, they never actually said Toronto. It was kind of, and there was going to money all over the place. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about Netflix growing because I want them to just crush the competition of all these streaming sites that are coming up. Yeah. I, I don't want any competition at all. CBS I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay multiple subscriptions every month. So I just want the ones you need yeah. mine. Well, uh, Julia, are you paying for CBS for Star Trek? Um, no. Okay. I was going to say, she may decline to answer that question. Yeah. Plead the fifth. Oh, wait, you're Canadian. You don't have rights. Do you have a a plead the fifth? Real quick, real quick. Yesterday, Griffin and I went to the American Revolutionary War Museum in Philly, (laughs) and there was this display that said, like, conquered into freedom, and that's how it phrased America, like, dealing with Canada. And they didn't, if you call it annexation, it means it's friendly, guys. Yeah, (laughs) so, conquered into freedom, yes! Oh. It is. So, so we're uh, we're we're running short. So let's just blow through the reboots coming up. You ready? Oh, great. Hocus Pocus reboot. What? <laughs> okay. Why? I don't know what that is. Go Hocus ahead, Julia. Hocus Pocus is perfect. Julia, right? sing it. All right. Yeah. 
What? Sing it. Sing it. I know you want to. What do I want to sing? Friendtopia. Oh, we nostalgically watch Hocus Pocus. Thank you. Topia. Oh, this part. Okay. All citizens much watch Hocus Pocus. <laughs> there we go. I forgot about the lyric. I'll, um, I don't know who asked for this. The original Hocus no. Pocus is fine. Yes. So. It's perfect in its um, imperfection. <laughs> well, with its virgin shaming. But. Yes. <laughs> You've never seen Hocus Pocus? I don't Pocus? know. I've never heard of this. You've never heard of Hocus Pocus? I don't think oh so. Oh my gosh. It's, he was born in October. Someone oh, for God's to- sake. It's a, yeah, but it's a funny Halloween movie. It's it's not dumb. like creepy. It's just it's, a, it's just a made for TV uh, okay. Disney movie. Right. It's you know truthfully, I was always more of a uh, Mary Kate and Ashley girl. Is that what you're going? To I was say? A, no, I was more of a stepsister from Planet Weird kind of girl. Okay, <laughs> I'm quite sure it got a theatrical release though. Next one, there's going to be a Charlie's Angels reboot starring. Hasn't there been like many of those? Yes, well, Kristen Stewart and Lupita Nyong'o are sort of circling, starring in this, uh, which is like, yes. But who's Charlie in this scenario? That's I don't even. I hope care there isn't a it, fucking Charlie it, because no, 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 no. Uh, you could change Charlie to woman because Charlie could be a woman's name. Ooh. No, oh, yeah, I suppose please. I don't know. Like, I, I hope that Charlie is like an AI that one of them developed or something. No, no, Judy Judy Dench needs to be Charlie. The end. Perfect. There we go. <laughs> Except nothing else. And yep. finally, there is a, quote, Party of Five TV reboot oh in the gosh. works with an immigration twist. Wait, what? I mean, I Why? suppose that could be interesting. That was the headline. Oh. Uh, party of Five? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. know. about it's, Party it's like of Five. Mar- yeah, it's Jack like, from yeah, Lost let's do it. Married of Ch- yeah. with Children again. <laughs> That's seriously the only thing I know about it, too, Joya. No, no, even better. Instead of Party of Five, let's do The Nanny again. Oh, my God. Let's do that with Katie Seagal. <laughs> I would okay, totally watch like that. I watched The Nanny when I was younger. Oh, my, my mom and I would watch it. It's not a great choice there. All right, there's a lot going on, so we're going to have to get into our first segment. But really quickly, anyone still using AIM? I'm sorry, it's going away. You're going to have to find a different instant messenger. So People still use that? Let's mourn that loss. Why don't we use the, the personal messaging system on Westerstead.org? <laughs> It seems to work really well. That's how Julie and I became friends. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Inboxing in a uh, forum. Where you so. make friends. That's where you make friends, yes. But keep the old. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Max, for that marvelous introduction. All right. So our first section uh, is going to be, Kylie called it surfing. Um, <laughs> but we're... We are going to be surfing the fandom waves or actually talking about the ebbs and flows of engagement with fandom that like, I know very few people who are just 100% engaged with whatever their fandom is all the time ever. Oh my God. Most people go, yeah, I mean, it is exhausting. So most people go through like a phase of like, I need a break. Um, So yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Sometimes you need a break from fandom Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, and sometimes it's like a matter of do I get into fandom now or, or later? Mm, uh, so yes. I like to think of it as surfing, or actually more accurately, boogie boarding, because I've never fucking surfed in my life. <laughs> but I'm pretty good at catching waves to boogie board. And I thought I caught one for Steven Universe, and I was going to ride it in, but instead, I it it just dragged me back out, and I'm mm. like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay out here. This is the only evidence of boogie boarding I've ever actually seen you do. Okay. <laughs> um no so so i think it's just like a good general conversation to have um because i think a lot of us when we enter fandom we have a tendency to go really hard and maybe burn out Mm -hmm. and julia i was thinking of you with this particularly yes with a song of ice and fire fandom and our forum days yeah i mean 
I mean, like, when I look at, like, how much fucking, like, stuff I wrote for my Tumblr blog during season five, it's like, how did I have that time and the energy to do that? I don't understand. <laughs> and it was all just, yeah. like, like, you were kind of, like, in this, like, fandom high, and I could just, like, I could just sit down and write, like, 5,000 words. It was easy. I just did it. I just had so much to yeah. say. But, and, like, the thing about some fandoms is, especially when you have, like, something with extremely long hiatuses, you kind of, like, run out of things to say at some point. And once you've been mm-hmm. on something like the Western Star or Forum for, like, longer than six months, you notice that it's very cyclical. Like, everything that you were talking about six months ago, all of a sudden everyone's talking about it again. And you're just like, didn't yeah. we already talk about this? Didn't we already, like, talk about who would win in a fight between Jamie Lannister and, like, somebody else? I don't know. <laughs> it com- somebody else. I don't, like, every single possible combination has been gone over on that forum, I promise you. Jamie Lannister and, like, I don't know, Aemon the Dragon Knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think my favorite part of A Song of Ice and Fire, too, is the longer until mm-hmm. books come out, like, more and more theories come out, but they, they you have to have new twists on them, right? Because every theory has already been written. So now we're getting to, like, the point where it's like, well, Liana was actually a time-traveling skin changer, and she clearly gave birth to Ned. And you're like, um... Okay, and then you read it, and you're like, this is Poe's Law, right? But, yep. no. Oh. I, oh my gosh, I'm dying. Yeah. Oh. No, but, like, seriously, if, if you just... Hold on, I'm gonna quickly load the boards right now. I just... what What's the crazy stuff that's on right now? Oh, God. I haven't been on the forums in so long. I'm not trying to make fun of anyone for engaging like this, because I get really liking content and wanting things to talk about. I did an analysis of zombies' bangles in Legend of Korra. Yes, but that yeah, was but like from Lucy Tongue in your cheek. That was satirical. I mean, it was okay. Yeah. So, so the there's one that says in support of Ned plus Ashara equals John, because that always <sighs> comes up. Yep. There's uh one that's like uh. Okay, why are there no green men when we're talking about Bran and Bloodraven, like, all that stuff? Uh, there's three threads on dragons right now and how they work. Uh, then what would have happened? Oh, what would have happened if Marjorie had died with Joffrey? How beautiful was Ashara Dane? What? On, like, what, like a scale? Is this, like, the original, like... Like Facebook movie thing where they're like rating women based on Craster is a Stark. Craster is a Stark. Okay, I can, I can, I can see that one might work thematically oh, a little bit. <laughs> um, Bran isn't paralyzed, at least not completely. What? Is this about his penis? I how does Theon? No. How does Theon piss? <laughs> Apparently, people don't know how urethra works. And what, what if Fagon marries Cersei? Okay. Uh, maybe maybe just close out of that. Yeah. Let's 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 close that tab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it it goes. Yeah, I've seen some of this with Steven Universe, though mm-hmm. I'm actually not super into, like, most Steven Universe theories. Yeah. But I have seen something similar because Steven Universe is also a fandom that has really long hiatuses and it's really unpredictable when we're going to get new content. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, people just start to be like, well, but what if Homeworld is, are actually, like, the good guys? And, you know, like just like people... Like the Empire? Pe- <laughs> right. Like, you... Oh at some point, you're so desperate for engagement that you just kind of start saying things that don't actually make that don't actually make sense but i'm not telling like i'm not saying it's stupid like you're saying it's not stupid it's just you know you run out of uh, like the of obvious things to say so you try and get less obvious and then it makes less sense with the actual content that we have right so my solution has actually been fic 
If yeah. I run out of things to analyze, then I just think, what narrative can I construct that mm. fits into the universe? That's pretty much how I approach it. Yeah, and or that's if what... I think of something to th- analyze, I'm like, I could write about it, or I could put it in the story. Right, exactly. No, um, and start. then what I found is the fandoms I don't feel like writing fanfic for are just fandoms I don't feel like engaging with. Yeah. Uh, I guess the Song of Ice and Fire is a little bit At of At least like exception. writing fanfic in your head. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, anyone, um, Julia and I co-host the uh, Unabashed Book Snobbery podcast, Mm -hmm. and we have one particular podcast called Dornish Headcanon Hour, Mm -hmm. and it's two hours, and (laughs) (laughs) this is basically how we engage with the literature, is just writing fanfic in our heads all the time. Yeah. Um, Sometimes we we write actual fanfic. That's what one of my solutions is, but you know what fandom has the gnarliest spikes in my mind is Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. It does have some early spikes. Because, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, the early 90s, being a Star Wars fan, like, you were an odd bird. How oppressed were you, Julia? I was, like, not that old, so I was just... Yeah, weren't you, like, six? Yeah, I was, I was just, like, oppressed because I was, like, <laughs> yeah, I was a nerd in elementary school. But, um, yeah, but, like, it was, it was, it's like, a marginalized, marginalized fandom. And then all of a sudden the special editions came along. And then it was cool. Yeah, and then I kind of and got then she was it. mad. Yeah, then I kind of not was into it anymore because you liked it before it was cool. <laughs> I did like it before it was hey. cool, though. I actually did. You liked it before Jabba the Hutt showed up at Mos Eisley. Totally. Speaking of things of, li- of liking them before they were cool, Rick and Morty has an absolutely ridiculously hostile fan base. Oh yeah, really? like worse than oh, the universe. Uh, well, I don't know. How much um, uh, sexism and absolute hatred and vitriol towards female writers in general and their existence does Steven Universe that's, have? That's not Steven Universe's yeah, style. Steven Universe has other problems. Their, their problems yeah. are more like, we need this representation, so if we don't get it, everything you do is queer baiting. And it's like, um... Rick and Morty's different. Yeah. Rick and Morty is, is very much... Um, well, it's an absolutely phenomenally brilliant show. And I um I love uh, one of the co-creators, Dan Harmon, from his work on Community, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first five seasons are on Community. It's the only one that's worth watching. Uh, um, it That's an hysterical show. And Rick and Morty is an animated television show on Adult Swim. It just finished its third season. And it's probably the single smartest and funniest show on TV right now. And I'm counting that with Curb Your Enthusiasm. Wow. So now you know I'm serious. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Well, that's not it, exactly a laugh a minute, but yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, it's seriously with the highest context science fiction, as well as just like how it deals with existentialism, and it's it's unbelievably brilliant. But the fan base does not deserve that show in the most like visceral way. Oh. Like I, I can't even uh, even stress that enough. It's not just the theory crafting. It's it's not just like all all of the nonsense there, and some of it just going over and over and over again. Like, there was a huge hiatus between season two and three because they were having a lot of difficulty, you know, scripting, and they were having just a lot of that. And even before that, in between seasons, there's always this rumor that pops up saying, oh, Justin Ruland, the other co-creator who does uh, most of the voices, he voices the two main characters, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. Um, He, like... The, him and Dan Harmon, oh, they're horrible to their animation staff, horrible to the writing staff. They're so oppressive. They work 40-hour, like, days or something, like, insane like that. 40-hour days. Exactly. That's it's impressive. Like, it's, like, 20-hour days. And then, like, all the animation staff, they come up and it's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> we love our jobs. We have great benefits. We we love working with these guys. That's you, so You're weird. completely nuts. There's, like, it's all a myth. And they get just piled on and piled on, piled on. And then it just, like, it reached a peak recently, just, like, wait, when season three started. And they brought in a bunch of um, uh, 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 women, women writers, just because I guess they want. I mean, they wanted to. They did, yeah. That Dan, Dan is always, Dan Harmon has actually been for a very long time. He struggled with that when he was working on Community to get like half and half 
for when he was working with Community. Like, season two and three he did, and those were the strongest seasons. He had half and half in terms of the writer's room. Yeah. And because he was like, no, we need more perspectives. Like, I can't be talking to just everybody all the time. And he they, they, they managed to do that for Rick and Morty because the show got really big. And then, like, there's so much hatred and all of these just angry just men just screaming at these female writers saying, like, you've destroyed all of this. How do you like sucking Dan Harmon's cock? Just all of oh my this God. horribleness. Just out of, just completely out of the blue. And it just keeps ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. And then Dan Harmon is like just screaming at all these fans because so- he, he's trying to defend these people. And it gets even worse. There's one episode where the end of it is basically one of the main characters is very much like you would expect, oh, super anti-therapy, super anti-self-improvement. Yeah. There's a lot of narcissism. There's a lot of like dysfunction in the family. And it's very de- it's delved, into, uh, delved in- into in a very deep and profound way. And I'm not even kidding. And like this is also the episode where a man turns himself into a pickle. Not kidding. Oh. Both of these things yes, can happen. Pickle Rick. <laughs> and uh, they go- he goes to therapy for family therapy. And there's this amazing speech in it where the therapist basically said, look, the reason you don't like therapy is because it's routine. You don't like it because you can't, it's because it's not exciting. You don't like the idea of it because you can't do it so badly that you might almost die. You're doing the work. You're brushing your teeth. You're brushing your hair. That's okay. why you don't want to do it. That's why you don't This care. is This is a comedy? It, it is a comedy, but it's also very dark. I swear to God, I'm... It's it's phenomenal. Okay. It's a comedy, but it's also brilliant in like in its emotional in- investment. Okay, I'm not kidding. I'm not. So basically, like <laughs> the audience expectation was that oh Rick is gonna just shit all over this person and like it's like oh invalidate all of our opinions on on how therapy works and how mental illness works and how mental health works. Mm-hmm. And Rick just like sits there and takes it, and the narrative really like backs the therapist. And, and the fandom that- didn't like that. Fucking hated that. It felt like it's personally attacked, and it was just like constantly on fire. And they're like attacking Jesus Dan and attacking Christ. all these people. So I, I get- and like they, it's it wasn't like they were trying to like call these people out. They were trying to do the emotionally intelligent thing. Yeah. One of the questions that I wanted to talk about was like, is it ever worth diving in? Is it ever worth sort of embracing this? rush and i think a big part of that is about fandom dynamics Mm -hmm. and about who you'd have to be interacting Mm -hmm. with because like i went so hard into the legend of Korra fandom but it's a overall by and large a delightful fandom there's like a few people that are always going to be like rude and antagonistic about like korasami and shit like that but you know for the most part, people are like, yes, tell us more about, like, Asami's hair clip. <laughs> we want to hear this. But, um, I don't know. What What do you guys think? Have you have you ever... I mean... Regretted it or enjoyed it? Or? Like, usually, especially, like, you know, in this Tumblr global age thing, you can find a niche within any fandom that will not be toxic for you, that will, like, will be at that place that, like, you know, that nice balance that both like validates you and challenges you at the same time like you know we have a kind of like our book snob community in the song of ice and fire and it's a small portion of the fandom but there's enough of us that we have like an actual kind of like non-circle jerky circle jerk going on right <clears throat> where i think i think there's enough nuances to the book snobia yeah. yeah like no but just like 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 we can avoid the things that like actually upset us about the fandom you know but, like, at the same time, it's not a complete circle jerk. Sometimes oh, it's God. a little circle jerky. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I yeah. was, like, looking. Some, someone just asked me, hey, do you do you know of any brand Stark Meta? So I just searched the tag. Yeah. And I was, like, exposed to the wider fandom of Game of Thrones. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I forgot this was out here. Yeah. And I want to hide forever. I mean, that's a, that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Like, 
Like, you can, you can ignore an entire, like, vast swath of this fandom. Like, like, the show only, like, fandom. Like, I don't, I know nothing about it. I don't want to know anything about it. And that's good and bad, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you have too little, like, mm-hmm. differing perspectives, that can kind of, you know, then you get into an echo chamber. But if you have too many, then you feel like you're drowning in hate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hey, Gretchen, I'm curious to ask you about where you found a balance, because, like, especially with Steven Universe fandom to an extent, that is a fandom that will never cease to tire you out. There's a lot of porn in it, too, for some reason. <laughs> a lot of porn. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was actually that whole all of the porn is actually the reason why I wrote my first Steven Universe meta for the Fundamentals back before we were the Fundamentals. Right. Um, that was honestly the reason why I wrote that piece, which is called Why We Shouldn't Sexual- Sexualize Fusion Relationships. I remember um, reading that. Yeah. Because I was so sick and tired of seeing... Um, all of these relationships that I don't think the vast majority of them are meant in that kind of way at all. Didn't they say it, just... like, wasn't supposed to be, an, like, an analogy for sex? Uh, not, it, only in very, very specific yeah. relationships. Um, but anyway, like, for me, I think I have a different perspective because I only really joined fandom, even in the general sense, within the last couple of years. Um, I mean, I'll talk about how, like, Star Trek, um, and Star Wars were my first fandoms, but really that, like, I spent the vast majority of my life in a fandom of one, um, which was me, and that's, like, not in any bad way, it was just because, like, I was not super connected to the outside, like, I was online, and I would read fic, and I would, um, you know, read books, but I was very much, I was a very insular person, um, Like, I didn't make a lot of friends until college. Just, I mean, like, whatever. All Lots of things, lots of reasons why. But, like, I spent the vast majority of my life just, like, in, enjoying stories on my own. Um, And maybe talking about it with, like, my brother or a couple of really close friends who happened to be either reading the same book as I was or um watching the same TV show. But the, like, online culture as, like, fandom is fairly new to my life. That was something I only came to as an adult. So I have a tendency to um, not engage in the way that the vast majority of people do. Um, like, I tend to go to fandom to be, like, to um, for either, like, theory crafting or um, to read mm. any, you know, specific kinds of fic or to look for, like, gift sets, like, for art. Like, I tend to go to fandom for, like, art sharing. Like, I want to see what people within the fandom are producing on an artistic level and, like, appreciate and enjoy that and allow that to, like, shape how I'm thinking about the stories I'm engaging in in a new and different way. But I don't, like, get into fandom dialogues or, like, discourse or, like, (laughs) if I, like, theory craft, like, I'm just writing it to throw it out there. Like, I'm hardly ever just, like, oh, I feel like talking with a bunch of people, like, a bunch of strangers about, you know – the fact that I was just listening to a Radio Westeros podcast and had a bunch of different ideas about, like, new thoughts about, you right. know, Danny and John's arcs. Like, I can think about that and I might write a post about it, but I'm not typically trying to – ne- I've never had the urge to be like, ooh, I should go on a forum. Um, <laughs> which is not bad that people do that. That's just never – I've never – I've literally never done that. In my yeah. life. Like, in any fandom I've ever been involved in. You know, I actually realized, I think the only reason I did do that, the first fandom I ever was in, quote-unquote, very lightly, was when Avatar The Last Airbender was airing. I'd go on the Avatar Spirit forums, and I only started doing that when there was, like, 
something contentious in an episode and I'd be like, how are other people reacting to this? Cause I just, I just wanted to see. Um, but yeah, I'm actually similar to you, uh, Gretchen. Also, I got into it late cause during college, I'm not like participating in fandom. I was doing engineering stuff. So yeah. then it wasn't until a song of ice and fire that I realized I was reading a Wikipedia article and they mentioned R plus L equals J. And I was like, Oh my God, theories. I need like other people's opinion. Cause I, I'm not theory crafting inherently on my own with it. And then that sort of was a slippery slope into, fandom. you know, everything <laughs> Tumblr and yeah. somehow that became legend of Korra. I don't know. <laughs> I was super the fandom big into fandom. were born. Um, yes. back, back in college, actually. And even before that, um, uh, in, in Mass Effect was probably my biggest one. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a... Uh, yeah, and, and then it, if anyone knows the story of that, then it stopped. Yes, <laughs> yes, we can... We'll have Elizabeth on again to uh, fully talk about Mass Effect, I think. That's her... Uh... There's no reason to recap it now. Yeah, no. that's just... That's a whole That's a whole segment. Yeah, I think it. it's still on fire. In and of itself. But yeah, no, I think I think I like that too, Gretchen. That's sort of a take what you want and go in knowing what you want. And then if if you feel like defending someone, do it. But you don't have to respond to everything out there. Yeah. Right. I think one of the things I've learned from just my very different experience of fandom is like it's totally okay to not be all in. And not even just not all in all the time, because I think most people that I know have learned you can't be all in all the time but like it's okay to just not be all in ever like just because you really enjoy a piece of media like doesn't mean you have to be like the most vocal or even central voice within the fandom like sometimes it's perfectly acceptable to like really enjoy a piece of media and kind of stay in your own small like corner of it and find the people that Mm -hmm. engage with it the same way you do um like, you don't have to become a part of the fandom to be, like, a real fan yeah, or whatever. You don't have to waste all your time defending your book snobbery every single time you have a conversation. You can find your I group do. where... <laughs> you can find that group where it's just a given. You know? Right. Yeah, but, like, a, a good example of that, too, I think, is I have no interest in engaging in the Black Sales fandom. Mm-hmm. Not in a There's rude a way. Fandom. I just... Yeah, like, yeah, the show gave me. me what I wanted. So... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. So there's, you know, that's that's surfing. I hope I hope you guys can... And keep your heads above water. Oh my yeah. gosh. You're gonna go with that? Yeah. yeah. Let's I move on. I, I want to like talk about Are we broken up? So, what? what? No, what? like. No. Radical? No. No. Hang no. 10. Okay. okay. Hey, I, I said, yeah. I thought that was. Okay, we're gonna transition. All right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. This sauce is f-ing amazing. You said it was promoting a movie? It's time for part three of our multi part fun segment. Game of Thrones versus the prequel trilogy. Who did it better? Oh, I'm so excited about this. Yay. This is our best idea. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about characters and character journeys. Yeah, because last time we talked about the strength of the characters as characters. Who has the better arc? Is it Padme? (laughs) Who has an arc? Or is it Dead Man? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Were there arcs in the prequels? I mean, I haven't watched Well, I mean, if you've... If if you watch uh, the uh, Red Letter Media uh, review of Revenge of the Sith, they talk about how, like, this entire trilogy is trying to be a character piece on Anakin. But it's, it's Citizen Kane, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Citizen Kane for Anakin Skywalker, but it's not because it sucks. Yeah. 
love the Red Letter Media reviews. They're great. Yeah, problematic faves. Yeah, Griffin and I don't do Plinkett impersonations to each no, other. No, we've, we've never done that. I why it's such a random thing for you to bring up that we don't do. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. So it was Citizen Kane, but you know, written by George Lucas. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That is a journey, isn't it? Well, it it, it had a beginning, middle, and end, but that doesn't necessarily call mean it. It did anything with it. <laughs> well, I mean, and can you call it a journey if Anakin is, like, reset in between the first and second of the prequel movies? It kind of, like, reminds it reminds me of Deadpan a lot, in a way, in Game of Thrones, just because, like, oh, yeah. you can see how they're trying to do a journey, but it's not. It's, it's like, stochastic movement rather than, like, you know, a smooth movement. It's just, like, all of a sudden, she's she's earned being the right to be Queen of Westeros somehow, we're told. But, like, there's nothing really that, like, there's no transition uh-huh. between, like, you know, scared, wide-eyed, deadpan in season one, and then, like, you know, mother of dragons who screams a lot. Like, it just kind of happens. Griffin right. is giving me a look because uh, deadpan is Daenerys Targaryen. That's our friend of the- it, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but, I mean, she makes I mean, if you watch, If you watch of- Game of Thrones, you know who deadpan is, even if you never heard the name before, because she's so fucking deadpan. I, 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 I just, I just spaced. I remember you talking. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and like that, and like, you know, like Anakin, there's really no transition, basically because of the way the trilogy is structured. There's no transition between like, you know, the child who's annoying and all of a sudden Anakin in Revenge of the Clones is just slaughtering entire village, Revenge of the Clones. Attack of the Clones right. is slaughtering Attack entire villages clones, yeah. because he's yeah. angry, yeah. we're told. But, like, they go through that entire, like, you know, ten years where this would have happened. Like, they, like, just kind of brush it off in one line about Gundarks. Yeah, either Obi-Wan was, like, the worst mentor ever, (laughs) which is totally possible. Mm -hmm. Or he just, like, was drunk the whole time. Also possible. (laughs) That's Qui-Gon who's drunk all the time. Get your Jedi straight. I don't know, because Obi-Wan is the person who fell into the nest of Gundarks, (laughs) and I don't think you can do that sober. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wait, does Obi-Wan have an arc? He does a thing. He, he definitely has thing. He definitely has an arc in the first movie. Mm, for sure. Obi-Wan is basically the only character in The Phantom Menace who has a discernible character arc in the first movie. So he, that like, he loses he his mentor? And he, well, and he gets like, kind of pissed? No, like he transitions from being this like very like rule-following, strict, cautious person to like seeing the death of his mentor and being willing to accept that like you can't always like the rules don't always work. Sometimes you have to like break the rules in order to do the right thing. Yeah. And like Qui-Gon apparently was a rule breaker, not that we're ever shown this. Right. <laughs> we were Appar- told it. Yeah. We were told. Yeah. yeah. I mean so, like, I guess he kind of he kind of broke the rules by taking Anakin randomly into a battle zone. Yeah. Right. I think it's like, more it's, like negligence, though. It's not a particularly <laughs> strong journey, mm-hmm. but you can kind of see the, you can at least see the outlines, I think stronger outlines of an arc for Obi-Wan than for any of the other characters. Mm-hmm. I'm of, like a potential if it was external, though. Yeah, but then, like, if, <laughs> if you think about, if you think about, like, the entire trajectory of his quote-unquote arc in the trilogies, it's all about how he failed as a mentor. Right. I thought it was about his facial hair, that he keeps growing more <laughs> It's just the beard. The beard is the true. Griffin, we're trying to take this seriously. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> you are? No, I mean, I, I guess there's that, but the mm-hmm. issue, and Gretchen has pointed this out on her rereads too, uh, the rewatches, I'm sorry, of, of, of Star Wars, is that we don't really see Obi-Wan in a mentor role ever. You know, no, that like, reminds me of, that reminds me of St. Tyrion. 
Mm. Just because, like, especially in this past season, it's all about how, like, he's, he has this struggle to control this, like, crazy Targaryen, right? And how, <laughs> and how Is Tyrion he's, like, the Obi-Wan? Yeah, well, he's, like, he's, like, struggling to do that, but, like, you don't really, like, like, it's kind of footage not found, but it's also not, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. Because, like, like, you can, yeah. like, it's very, like, heavily implied that, like, she's on the edge, and he's, like, the only one who's pulling her back. But not that you ever actually see her on that edge. Like, she gets angry when she gets bad news sometimes. Also, like, when he earned his handship in the first place in season six, yeah. we never really, footage not found of him actually doing anything either. Like, he talks about how he, that was just he's made we, commerce. We, de- we deconstructed the entire season and figured out that he didn't do anything. I think if you're watching it pretty casually, you would think that he was doing something. Because of the conversation with Kuvira? Like, I yeah. don't even understand. Her, her name is, like, Corvira yeah, or something like that. Okay. I was going to say, would you just jump fan-ups again? Yeah. I, I, did no, I no, 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 out? no. There, there's this red priestess, and I think her name was Corvira mm. or something like that. We call oh, it. She shows up for one scene, then she never comes back again. But that means the St. Tyrion did something. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think my issue with Obi-Wan is that, like, he had a semblance of an arc, but mm-hmm. then Lucas stopped pretending he was a character once Anakin became the protagonist. Yeah. So then right. Obi-Wan just went off on his little sassy side missions. <laughs> Right. Like, what? Right, because as we have said before, like, Obi-Wan ought to have been the protagonist of these films. Yes. Oh, yeah. I that would have been great. I think we've all agreed that that would have been a better choice. Uh, let's talk right. about Padme. Ha- yeah. Oh. <laughs> she started out as a character mm. and became less of a character? Yes. yes. That's, that is technically a journey. It is character regression, like, but yes. Yeah, in the first season, it was all about her development as a political leader. That was there. I mean, this was after she was fucking elected, but whatever. I don't know why anyone would elect a fourteen-year-old girl to do anything. Like, well, to be a queen, of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I, let, let's innocent. Let's talk about this whole. I can't believe it's not politics later. Um, mm-hmm. But it's all about yeah, how, like, so. she she kind of like sees her own kind of limitations as a leader and how she has to like listen to more people and like you know take take more risks and have more faith and just kind of like you know. Yeah, that's an actual arc, and it was not good, but it was there. And then mm-hmm. in the second movie, like... Her arc is learning that she is actually in love with Anakin. No, her arc is, like, being able to balance oh the God. political and professional, right? I thought it was, and like, the political and the mostly, personal. you know, just the, the, just which outfit is appropriate for which lighting. Yeah. Okay, so I'm trying here. All right, so, so this is the whole thing that they all, but, like, we're told that she's not allowed to date because she's a senator. Fine, let's accept that. But then she's just like, no, I have to sometimes... There's no, sexism there. Yeah, no, I have to prioritize my own, like, needs at some point. Okay, that's kind of an arc. And then in the third movie, she's pregnant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, actually showing the, like, romantic and emotional development between a woman who was a political leader and a guy who's a mass murderer is really not that Joy, important. Yeah. Joy, you're being so generous here. Like, mm. it's it, Gretchen said it. It's her realizing she loves Anakin and then having his baby. That's yeah, her arc. I know. And I'm pretty sure that she was allowed to date people. I think it was more just like a difference in class almost. Like, was it? It's like, I'm a senator. You're it, it and, and you're not, and you're just a it's kind of presented as, like, I can't be a woman with a job and a boyfriend. No, that's, yeah, I, I think, think that's... Like, I've never gotten any kind of class implication from that at all. From, it was more, it more... Also, like, I mean, he's a Jedi, so therefore he has to be celibate because that makes... He doesn't have to be celibate. He just no, has to right, not have Yeah, like, there are, there are two different things going on. Like, from Anakin's perspective, it's, I'm a Jedi, I'm not supposed to have attachments, therefore yeah, I can't no date. Sense. 
from from her perspective, it was presented as I, I think as as I have a job. She's like a secretary like, in the nineteen twenties. Oh my god, I, I get it now. If I get married, I have to her quit job so they could be in love. Oh my right. god, <laughs> that's why he was so into fascism. Because then she wouldn't have a job. I think. Okay, so. I really, really quickly want to talk about Johnny Cardboard's arc in, in Game of Thrones because this is my favorite character arc in Game of Thrones. Where some of you might not remember, but John was stabbed dead. Then what? he was resur- then he was resurrected. <laughs> and Wait, he died? Yeah, but it didn't do anything. Didn't take- no, no yeah. I know, that's what I'm getting at. Is like Yeah, yeah, like it, Wait, it, it infected nothing. He he woke up, he was like, Well, I'm done with these jerks. Which like Julie and I said, I think a failed assassination would have uh, attempt would have achieved the same thing. Yeah. Um, then sometimes Torment would be like, he died for us. What? <laughs> he died what? for your sins. Jesus. Is he Jesus? <laughs> yeah. He's the night, wa- he's Night's Watch Jesus. He's chosen one. Oh. But like, he literally didn't do anything. He just was like sitting around eating soup until Sansa was like, we have enemies. Let's go deal with this. He's like, okay. Was it Dornish uh, soup? No, it looked... It looked like sister stew. The thing that, like, you know, Padme and Anakin and Deadboard have in common is that, like, they're clearly Deadboard's the yeah, they're clearly oh. sexually attracted to each other. And this could easily oh, just be a story about them fucking like bunnies. But for some reason, you have to make it romantic. You have to make it love. You have to make it love. Right. But it can't just be about like you know, uh, deadpan staring at John's package, like you know, she was doing, which she so. was doing, yeah. which is yeah. fine. I'm sure he has a very nice package, but like they they tried like, to make it. We're proponents of that. We're proponents of just fucking the people you feel like. Yeah, right, they, they exactly. tried to make it have like you know, quote unquote, a, a more deeper meaning than really the characters justified. Wouldn't it be more interesting if they didn't do that? Yeah, I think so. If so, just about, right. like them fucking like that. I'm still a huge fan of the um of the Padme theory. Is right, the one right. where she's fucking Obi Wan the whole time. No, no, that's a good theory though. That is a good. <laughs> is theory. Is this like I the Darth Jar Jar theory? No, no, no. <laughs> um, the idea behind it is that she is not really in love with Anakin, and she took one for the team. Like that, she like entered a relationship with him to help keep an eye on him. That like the Jedi Council was like aware that he was a you know, kind of slightly unhinged at some level and at least wanted someone to keep an eye on him. And since he doesn't like anyone but Padme, apparently, (laughs) um, she was like, okay, guys, like, I get we need to keep an eye on Anakin because, you know, he's super powerful and also really angry. And we think he might be Jesus, but we're not ever going to mention this at any point. I'll be in a relationship with him to keep an eye on him. So basically, she's a spy. Wait, so she did, right. So she's spying on him. Right. And at the same time, the Jedi Council says, hey, Anakin, do you want to spy on Chancellor Palpatine. <laughs> no one said it's the best honey pot in the world. <laughs> no. But it makes more sense to being like, it's okay, I get mad too. Um, when he's right. like, hey, I slaughtered everyone. Right, like, it, women, yeah, it's the better children. than, yeah, it's better than just, like, he murdered a bunch of people and she's like, that's fine, I love you anyway. You were having a lot of feelings, so, Everyone has know. flaws. <laughs> Mass murder is an acceptable flaw to me. Well, I mean, I, I guess, you know what? She's from, like, Naboo, so maybe she just thinks the Tusken Raiders are, like, subhuman. Maybe she's racist. She might be racist. Xenophobic. Space racist. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I do actually think the Star Wars prequels at least tried and failed, whereas in Game of Thrones, I don't think there's any effort half the time. Like, Mm. Jamie. I know, you don't think that there's an effort with Tyrion to have an arc? There's an effort with Tyrion to have an arc, they just don't realize what that arc is. 
Um, and then with like, I think they have this tendency where they think they're writing an arc and they're not like with Arya. They like think they were showing us how she's going to become this assassin, but they didn't. And then they just made her an assassin and they were like, arc. It's like, but the, <sighs> she has moved a- from point A to point B. Therefore, there is an arc. Involved. She now has a bag full of faces. <laughs> I wonder where she got them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Or, like, with Sansa, that was, you know, Sansa had an arc. Mm -hmm. It was called She Had to Be Raped to Become a Player, and we know that because they told us that. That she wasn't empowered before, but she had to be raped to be taught a lesson so that she could become a badass. And we know this because that's how they framed it. Yeah. And they even said something like, we we can't all be Arya. Imagine you take season five, or what was the season with the rape? Was that season six? Five. That was five? No, it was five. Yeah. Imagine if you take season five out. Like, you could have the same arc for Sansa, where she, now she's, like, kind of just, like, more of a cynical, kind of self-aware player. Oh, totes. I mean, at the end of season four, that's how she was. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, the first four seasons, you can kind of see, like, how that would possibly happen to that character, even though, like, she's always a secondary character in the scenes that are always about the spiff that, that Tyrion and Shay happen to be having. But, like, mm-hmm. putting that aside, like, you can see how, how her experiences in Carol's Landing would develop her into that character. But then they kind of threw this whole rape thing in there, and now she's all, because like... revenge. Yeah, now she's all, like, cynical, and, like, she can plot things off screen, and, like... She knows how to put leather over armor. Guys, season seven was really bad. <laughs> season seven was really bad. Julia and I are going to write retrospectives on this, but, uh... Yeah, for, for more for more on that, please listen to Unabashed Book Snobbery. We'll spare you mm. from, from the rest of it. However, I think it's clear that both George Lucas and D&D just are terrible character writers. Yeah, they don't know how to write people. And dialogue, where people Definitely sound like people. Dialogue. That was the best thing about A Force Awakens the first time I saw it, mm. and dialogue happened, and I was like, they sound like people! <laughs> like, remember remember when uh, Poe, like, uh, cracked that joke about the who should say something first? And you, like, actually yeah, laughed. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh, my God. Star Wars is back. Yeah, it was so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a hell of an opener. All right. All right. We have to transition into our final segment for today. Pumpkin but- Spice. Wow. Pumpkin Spice, yes. Coming up, we're going to stick Pumpkin Spice in everything. He died for us. Okay, so it is fall, kind of, even though it was 82 degrees in Philadelphia <laughs> yesterday. How much so is that in real numbers? 82? Uh, I don't feel like doing the math at the moment. It's numbers. Is it 25? Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's autumn, and that means one thing. Uh, cinnamon and allspice and cloves are being put in everything, ever. Nutmeg. Uh, nutmeg. You can't forget the nutmeg. Very important. Uh, coffee, it gets put, I saw pumpkin spice popcorn. Oh, which wow. I, yeah, I know. Uh, I was just thinking about that. I've seen pumpkin spice, um, marshmallow peeps. It sounds good. Like the, lo- like the little marshmallows that look like bunnies or chicks or whatever that they normally sell at Easter. Well, now they sell them year-round and they have pumpkin spice flavored ones. That's really revolting. Mm. Um, here's the thing about pumpkin spice. I like pumpkin, like the actual squash of the the, the meat of a pumpkin and pumpkin spice works with it so if you're having like a pumpkin soup or pumpkin pancakes or pumpkin bread pumpkin spice is a really lovely spice combination you don't take that spice combination and just throw it fucking everywhere (laughs) 
I kind of like pumpkin spice lattes. You know, Julia, you were part of the problem. <laughs> the name of the segment, though. I mean, I just I feel like this should have been cleared before. I, I really feel, yeah. Okay. Yesterday I had but... a pumpkin spice cold, uh, cold brew from Second Cup. <sighs> and my son thought it was gross, but I liked it. We should, I mean, Gregory should just be on his side. Yeah, we should have had Gregory on this yeah, section. Yeah, yeah. And he could have. I had to get him a frozen, uh, a frozen hot chocolate to wash it down because he said it tasted Was the pumpkin gross. spice in the hot chocolate? No, it was, it was <laughs> like. It was white chocolate, hot chocolate. Are you force feeding people pumpkin spice? No, he he always wants to try. Are you proselytizing? Coffee. Look, we are not just here to fetch about cinnamon. The reason I got thinking about what is the pumpkin spice of fandoms. <laughs> so, what are these tropes that like everyone else around me seems to love, and it's fucking everywhere in places it shouldn't be? Because in places it should be, it will work fine. But it's everywhere, and you can't escape it. And everyone's like, "Look how great this thing is! Let's all drink this terrible sweet drink." So. I thought we could go around and discuss what the pumpkin spice tropes for our lives are. So, Gretchen, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, the pumpkin spice in my life is uh, savant asshole white males. <laughs> <laughs> so every single piece of media ever. Yeah. Everything like, on Fox, USA. Yep. CBS. Um, CBS. Yeah, CBS. Definitely CBS. Yep. Was, yeah. Yep. So, like, so what I mean by this is it seems like ever since... Sherlock had Sherlock Holmes had his revival and even before that because you have house, house but house is yeah. based off of Sherlock um the mentalist, the mentalist. you have this like super do not besmirch the mentalist I do like the mentalist because he's not the same kind of asshole yeah. um you have this super smart white guy who's like a total like a total asshole like raging dick in real life if you met him you would want you would hate him and you'd want to punch him in the face but he's always right but somehow everyone totally puts up with him because he's always right um and he's smart and so it's totally fine that he's a raging asshole he doesn't have to be nice to people he doesn't have to be have like you know reasonable conversations he can just be a dick all the time because he's smart and you know that's fine it's totally fine to just be awful to everyone if you're really smart it's actually um, cute yeah it actually <laughs> makes him really attractive right like he you know Ooh, he's so smart and he's a dick. Deep down, that means maybe he's, like, troubled <laughs> and just wants someone to hug him. Like, no, he's just a raging asshole because he always is. Like, there's no, like, deep – there's no, like, depth underneath. Like, he's just always a raging asshole. And I'm so tired of shows that revolve around, like, I'm so smart, but I don't feel like that means I need to show basic human decency. But somehow we're going to have, like, ten seasons of that. I'm just – I'm done. I yeah, hate it. and it's sometimes it's not just one character in the show. Sometimes it's the entirety of the main cast. Are you thinking of Big Bang Theory? I am thinking of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, big. Yeah, big, I mean, yeah. Sheldon is one of the major like current examples, especially all, Sheldon. All, all yeah, of them, will, but like especially Sheldon because he doesn't even well, try Raj to be nice. White, but yeah. yeah, yeah, like he doesn't even try to be nice. He just like Sheldon is like I understand that I'm a sexist and I don't care, so I'm just going to keep yeah. being a sexist. There, there are these two great videos that I know Gretchen and Griffin and uh, I have watched. I don't know, phenomenal. Julia, if you've seen it yet. It's called oh, The Adorkable God. Misogyny of Big Bang Theory. And also, I think it's The Toxic Masculinity of Big yes. Bang Theory. Yeah. And I'll link both of them because they're just amazing. They're 20-minute videos, but yeah. they're wonderful, wonderful, insightful lessons. So they put into words um, a lot of when you were yeah. When you were describing this, Gretchen, I was thinking only of Tony Stark. Oh, my God. I cannot <laughs> stand that man. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he's a fucking asshole all the time. Uh, but he's right. But he's, like, charming and, you and always rich have, and You always have an invariably, like, blonde, skinny white woman who puts up with this shit for no reason. Yeah. Wait, well, but he's been wrong, like, 
every movie. But his shtick is just like, I'm so endearing in my assholeness. No one puts up with the shit anymore, though. Not anymore. Well, Goop does, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean like... I'm, I'm talking about... The, are you talking about the comics or the movies? I'm talking movies. about the movies and how it's presented. No, one, no one's been able to put up with his shit since, like, the second movie. But it's still presented as a, he's an endearing character for this quality. I mean, the third movie was actually good because it no. challenged him on this. But then, I like, did not watch Iron Man 3. Uh, it's Iron actually... Man 3, the second Avengers film, uh, Civil War, all of that, and even this new Spider-Man movie, they've all kind of shat on him for it. Well, well, that's, that's good, something. at least. They're willing to, to challenge that. That yeah. was totally not the case for the first well, one. No, well, no, it wasn't. Right. You're right. And it got ex- really I mean, the first, especially... like, the second movie was just, like, I have no idea what the Especially Iron Man 2, right? Yeah, the second Avengers movie was, like, literally all his fault. Yeah. <laughs> oh. See, and I would, the other characters I was thinking, well, the universe is the, um, the DC TV universe. Pretty much every single, like, DC show has this character at one point or another i mean heck even supergirl had maxwell lord but he's the antagonist though no but like he eventually like but still like i I don't to me i don't even care if he's the antagonist like i'm just like sick and tired of like asshole white males who are like also presented as like charming and kind of endearing because yeah he's an antagonist but he's also presented as like charming and kind of endearing and eventually i love that he has a redemption arc but I'm also just like, can we, could we have had anyone else? Could we have you had, did, like, another villain? And that he also, they actually kept his, like, mind control powers from the comics, because I feel like that'd be way more interesting. They did use his mind control You're stuff. You're such a nerd. Um, no, 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 no. That was the, was oh. that the Force Raw, Fort Raw's people that yeah. did that? No. Like, he actually, in the comics, Max Lord, he's, he's a fantastic villain in the comics. He actually does have mind control abilities. Oh. Uh, so, like, okay. why didn't, why didn't just make him a... Full on supervillain, like just keep that. Like, we have a lot of questions about Kill Supergirl. Yeah, um, that's, but like, that's just my yeah. Ollie's kind of like that in Arrow. Yeah, yeah. like he fits that trope. At little... least in a, in a few of the seasons. I mean, yeah, not all the time. Like, but sometimes he feels like a parody character to me. <laughs> he's a bad version of Batman. Yeah, he's he, just it's like, like he... a, it's a really bad version. He's of not a Batman, Batman show. Yeah, yeah, and then the Gotham show is a really like just like a horribly mangled version of Gotham Central that yeah. just completely went off the rails, and no one has any idea what happened. Nobody yeah. watches it, so that's fine. Apparently, <laughs> enough people do. Oh. I'm trying to think. You know, you know what uh, show actually did this well, and not well. I mean, they tore it down. Was Jessica Jones? Mm-hmm. Oh man, where yeah. David Tennant? You was you were obviously shown the way that like he was charismatic and could win people over, but, but then it was, was so horrifying. <laughs> Too. Right. I will also go to bat for elementary because, I mean, and this is a straight up Sherlock Holmes adaptation, but Sherlock is consistently, consistently called out when he acts like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like whenever he like behaves in an inappropriate way or says something rude, other people, I mean, lots of other people, but especially Joan will just be like, yeah, no, you can't do that. You're not allowed. And, <laughs> and he changes. Like Sherlock learns that like he can't behave that way just because he's smart. Are like, you saying that he's a like a person? Yeah, he's it, a person. Instead of Benedict Cumberbatch just being right, the yeah. worst being yeah. I we we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. I have very strong feelings about the BBC sure. And, and like actually, House was very unpleasant to watch after a while too, especially his relationship with Cuddy. Yeah, and like the way she would just like put up with so much shit, and yep. it was like no. Let's let's not do this. He's not that charming. Yeah. But to me, Elementary feels like a very purposeful, like, take down of exactly that trope and especially of adaptations of Sherlock. Um, I, would, I would call this the pumpkin spice. Yeah, this is everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's in everything. And they're still making shows based on this premise because I saw at least, like, three of them advertised over the summer. 
okay. that were yeah. all around like especially crime shows but yeah it's still other crime shows medical shows yeah yep well they get to be the genius and solve it hey julia what is your pumpkin spice why do i have to go next okay so my friend this isn't as much a problem as it was like when i was growing up but uh let's talk about the forced romantic interest uh by the end of this <laughs> show everybody must pair off ross and rachel yeah and, and or have babies, yes. too. Mm-hmm. Um, the most egregious example of this is uh, Bashir and Ezri Dax in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. What the fuck were they doing together? Okay, and a very, very, very close second was Chakotay and Seven in Voyager. What? what? Yeah. First of mm-hmm. all, it came out of nowhere. Like, it was, like, in the last, like, three episodes of the show. And just, like, like I was going for Janeway and Chakotay personally because that would at least would have made sense like they like you know like seven years off in space together they would have bonded and they like started off anti like that would have made some kind of thematic sense and i suppose it makes thematic sense for seven to have like a romantic relationship like just because she's learning how to be human and that's like what took over the show in the last four seasons but like with chakotay why why no reason. Just because she has to be paired off with somebody, so why not Chakotay? He's there. He's male. Why not? <laughs> My god. You know, it was actually interesting. Friends let Joey be single, so well, cause, But he's the comedy. Yeah, and he yeah. was going off to yeah. get his own spinoff. And Phoebe got uh, Paul Rudd. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah. Joey did get his own uh, his spinoff. It but he should have been with Rachel. Oh, that's why they broke them up, maybe. Yeah, no, probably. no, they broke them up because Rachel Ross. Ugh. Um, no, like, you're totally right about mm-hmm. this, too. We're, like, love interests will just, like, materialize. Especially, yeah, especially if you have a Smurfette in your squad. Like, yep. she yes. cannot end the series unattached. Yeah. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so true. And, like, this Korasami bullshit, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Kylie. No, they let, they let Mako be single at the end of it, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Like, that, that actually takes something, that was, that you know? Was but lot. The Last yeah, Airbender yeah. did kind of, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Avatar the last episode totally did this. Totally did, yeah. Hey, Zuko, do you want to get back with the girl that was in prison you forgot about? (laughs) Okay. Go, she's into it. (laughs) Hey, Tylee, are you dating Suki, maybe? Kind of seems like it. (laughs) She's in a poly relationship with... Poly Suka is the only Suka. Who knows if it's Tylee? She has, like, eight identical twin sisters. Oh, that's a good point, too. That's a good point. (laughs) But no, like... No, Katang felt a bit network mandated, Mm -hmm. if I could be perfectly honest, and and, uh, so I know it wasn't, but... um. Yeah, it was clearly just, like, their outline. It's like, look, we got here, oh, well. You know know what I was actually thinking of, uh, Julia, is that Seinfeld sort of uh, purposely subverted this, where (laughs) in the the finale, a plane was I've always loved United Airlines. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Airways. (laughs) I love... U.S. Airways. Yeah. Elaine was going to confess her feelings for Jerry, I guess. Oh, and then the best part, too, is they all go to prison in the last episode, and she's dating David Putty still, and she says, Putty, don't wait for me, and he just goes, all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. Um, But yeah, you're right that it's less of a thing now, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, hey, CW... TV shows are kind of known for this, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it, like... Can you think of a female-led show where she doesn't have a romance subplot? A female-led show... Where she didn't have a romance at the end? I mean, what? I'm sure there's one or two. I just can't think of them off the top of my head and people will scream at me. But I don't, no. I don't know uh, if Rizzoli and Isles ended up with... I mean, that's not CW, but... I'm I'm kind of having yeah I mean that's why people were did excited it, about like you know Moana because she didn't have a romantic interest did, did, did anyone watch Nikita 
La Femme Nikita? No, I don't know. Nikita's no, a, like a boy's name, but <laughs> no, also, was... how many female-led shows are yeah, there? Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jessica. I does Jessica Jones end with her? I mean, I know it's no, not she going, and, but she doesn't. She and Luke break up, but right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't mean, think you can call uh... a relationship with Luke Cage romantic. <laughs> he, he, kind of. Yeah. You also, you also have to. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- that is also the season one thing. Uh, yeah. I don't. Man, I'm having. Maybe I'm having reconnected in the Defenders, and we're weirdly like okay with each other around, which I actually thought was strange because, like, hey, remember when you killed his wife? And then, and then they, like, have, end up having babies in the comics, the They do. They actually get married yeah. and have a kid. In the, in the comics. Yeah. That's, you know. Um, no, I really, I can't think of one. Yeah. I, I'm sure there is one, one, and you'll tell us all about yeah, it in the comics probably. and yell at us. Yeah, tell us in the, tell us yeah. in the comments section. Um, <laughs> Griffin, Griffin, it's your turn. What's your pumpkin spice? <laughs> I guess my pumpkin spice is probably height difference OTPs. <laughs> what? This oh. is the thing? This is like this a, fa- is a this is more like a fandom no, trope than it's it's a, it's a fandom thing, but it is very much focused on whenever there happens to be a couple between you know two characters on a television show or in a movie. If there's like a significant, if, if there's even like a slight height difference, it is just just exaggerated at the point of like it may as well be six to eight inches. It may as well be a foot. yeah. I, I would call this more of a fandom trope in that like there will be a pairing and unless they're identical in height, the fandom will be like height difference OTP. Yeah, people do that anyway. This yeah, is not even thing? just a fandom, just like. I've seen yeah. I've seen Maggie and Alex talked about so Sandvers from Supergirl. I've seen Sandvers talked about as height difference, and I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? They're literally the exact same size. <laughs> One of like, them might have like slight lifts in their. I shoes. think I think it's because Alex wears boots. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, like okay. but in real life, like the actresses are actually literally the same height in yeah. real life. But height differences. Height di- my sorry, this is a thing. Far- I'm still not over this. Yeah, this is a thing. This is hundred percent of it, especially in Femslash, and I don't get it. Yeah, it's and like Korasami drives me crazy with this. Asami's like two inches, two inches, maybe, maybe three. I mean, she's, she's ridiculously tall. So was Korra. Korra's 5'8". Yeah, yeah everyone, everyone in, Cor- in Legend of Korra is... Well, because they all grew, like, three inches between book three and four, miraculously. <laughs> Crazy tall. Because they needed to show age. Yeah, but, like, in the fandom, it's drawn where, like, Asami is a full head taller oh, than Korra. It's, like, not even Korra's, that. Korra's, like, on her toes. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, I need what? to get out my toes to kiss him. This isn't happening. No. Like, I can tell... Guys, you, I'm like, in you... a height difference yeah. relationship with three whole inches. Yeah, and I can tell you, it doesn't oh, no. do anything. It's just, like, no. the worst thing. It's, it's you know, don't even notice. No, God, I'm, in a, I'm, I'm, I'm never on my toes. Like four and a half. Oh my God. Were you on your toes? Oh, <laughs> I've never noticed. I once dated someone who was over a foot taller than me. Yeah, that you notice. Well, but... Height difference on TV. Yeah, it's like no. This is this is like Georgia. when I found out that like there's this like apparently there's this thing with like clothed female naked male. That's like a thing that people what? yeah yes. like if one of the partners is clothed and the other one is not, that's like a thing. It's like how is that's that a, a tr- thing? People get really excited. Yeah, about it. I don't understand. I don't understand I don't it either. Know. This is this is how I'm, how I react to the sight differences. Like I don't like how is that a thing? Like what, what about it, like, it makes it a thing? Some, even wasn't that Three's Company? Like it's like you catch someone naked and then you have to kiss the other person. Is that what you're talking I don't about? No, I don't know. No, it's just people get Who's excited. Who's the boss? I'm thinking of. That. I think I think it's because fem- uh, women are usually like sexualized and naked, where men stay clothed. So when it's okay. reversed, people get like really excited about it. I, I don't know. No, it's, just, it's not that I, it's like, I don't get what they're excited about. Like, what's the thing in the thing? To, to me, the, the height difference thing is more like you didn't order a pumpkin spice latte, but everyone's telling you it's a pumpkin spice latte. And you're like, but I'm looking at this thing and it's just coffee. And they're like, no, it's a pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice. latte. 
<laughs> Doesn't it taste a little pumpkin spicy too? No! It's no, black it coffee. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm drinking water. But, it, but it could be a pumpkin spice latte. Sure, if I put pumpkin spice in it. But I did it. <laughs> All right, we're getting long, so I'll just close off with saying my pumpkin spice is that there is always a designated nerd. Yes, the group. royal smart person. Or, like, the techie person. And it drives me crazy that, A, there can only be one that of anyone who's, like, who specialized in all fields of science. Things. Yeah. All yeah. fields yeah. of science. And usually is like, such a fucking stereotype. Or, like, so over and beyond. It's like, no one actually is like this. The omnidisciplinary doctor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, like, Asami is an omnidisciplinary scientist. Not but omni. Yeah. She, 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 okay, she let's has, talk about Fitzsimmons. Look, she's not going to do bio- She's not going to do biology. Yeah, Fitzsimmons. I am so is a good confused one, by and, Fitzsimmons. And, is she a doctor? That's two people, though. Uh, Those well, are, that's Simmons. That's two people. I know Fitzsimmons well, okay, is two people, but like biology. Simmons, is she a doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Because she does Fitz, doctor things. Okay. Yeah, I think they're yeah. both. They're both I doctors. I don't know no, like who a medical you're talking doctor. about. Ag- Agents yeah. of Shield. Uh, okay. Uh, it's Simmons, I believe, is a medical doctor. She, is. she does. She does like a mostly yes. bi- biological. And she's like twenty-four. Uh, she, she's they're, they're, they're prodigies, and Fitz is more on the engineering yeah. side in programming, if I remember yeah. correctly. No, but those are two people, they bother me less. Because mm. they, they're complimentary, like, in their fields, I think, yeah. is the idea. Yeah, still, and, and it totally makes sense that, that they would need people with those kind of technical skills on right. a team like S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Um, I was thinking more like Felicity scripting in... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me just hack all the things. I'm just gonna so hack all the things. I can also I'm... do all this engineering. I also know first aid for some reason. Yeah, and, no, and but I talk really aid. fast and it's cutesy. Yeah. Yeah. My nerdiness is so cutesy. Also, nope. I wear heels all the time. Yeah. Just, no, oh time. my god. I just, it's just such, it's just so heavy handed. And it bothers me that, like, there can't be two nerdy people in a group ever. Unless it's Big Bang Theory. And then. And they're all horrible. And they're all horrible. Yeah, then they're all terrible. Yeah. And they all make fun of each other for being nerds. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's absolutely no balanced portrayal. Like, Wynn all of a sudden is able to do everything to the point where he is the only tech person <laughs> in the DEO. What were they doing oh in gosh. season one? Didn't, didn't, like, they have all those people on the monitors and, like, hey, remember how Alex has all that training that isn't just for combat? Yeah. And remember how John Jones is, like, also a director of this and should probably know this stuff? And all those other people who, like, maintain servers, and now we're just getting to that article we wrote. Well, yeah, the DEO. No, no, well, yeah. well, hey, remember when they Hotels. lampshaded this this kind of trope in season one? Do you remember that? No. Where, like, Cat yeah, Grant of. wants to, like, do, like, a live feed thing, and she's like... Which probably it. called him something else, but like it's like Win come set up the projector, and he basically he actually says like I don't actually know how to do this because <laughs> I'm a techie, but like I don't know this kind of tech. Like I do programming, I don't actually know how to do this. And she's like, oh, just do it anyway. Like they actually totally lampshade this I idea about of like that. I forgot about that too. God, I'm so happy. Uh, you know, wasn't about. there that also point at the end where they actually use like the analog like uh, broadcasting? Yeah. To, like, do this whole stuff and like Max is like, I cannot even believe I can figure out how to do this. Right. Yeah. There's yep. something it's like. But I'm, it doesn't make it better just because they're like, yeah, this doesn't make sense, but we're going to do it anyway. No, it was like, I can't believe we still have this equipment. That's yeah. what it was. And like, but with Wynn, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. That's, just do like, it. I don't just know how do to anyway. do that. I don't and know how to check. do it. And she's like, well, but you're, you're, going you're around. You're available. Do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> but now, yeah. of course, he actually is that. He knows. It's possible that he had DEO things. training in between frames. In between frames? <laughs> oh, think, the, ma- the think... magical land of off screen. Yes. So much happens there. 
Yeah. And when you do have one of these characters, I think you you either have to just go all the way where they're just speaking in nothing but techno babble the entire time, or like that's the only way it's acceptable to me. Where it's so over the top that it's self parody. Yeah. Right. Well, or you fr- just don't fucking do it. The other thing or that frustrates me about it is like sometimes like people can sometimes have just totally random skills. Like no one would probably expect the fact that like I can do audiovisual tech. Because yeah. that was my job in college. Like, I don't do anything with it right now. But my yeah. job in college was literally doing, like, audiovisual tech for the Conservatory of Music. And also for all of the, um like, conferences and stuff that our university had. So, like, I know how to run a soundboard, like, pretty well. But, like, yeah. I'm not, like, a techie nerd. Like, I'm not, like, a techie. I just happened to know this because it was my job. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> I, I, work, I, like I work on a computer all day. But, like, when somebody uh-huh. needs something heavy lifted, they call me. Right, because you do CrossFit. (laughs) So it would, like, you're right. Like, it makes less sense for one person to have, like, all of the tech skills and would actually be much more. Yeah, it would be much more interesting if, like, oh, you know, so and so just happens to know that random thing because, like, when they were in college, that was the only job they could find, even though that's not what they do. It's like it I would think, it would flesh out characters. Gee, I think I think that's actually really fun. I didn't know that about you, Gretchen, because I I worked on stage crew uh, yeah. f- from ten through high school. You know that reminds, uh, me, of, it reminds me of Sulu in the new Star Trek. Uh, how he like yeah. mentions offhand, yeah, that he took fencing or whatever. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, yeah. in the old show, there was that one time where he got drunk yeah. and he sw- swung a sword around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think it was funny. drunk, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and Whatever. like he was drunk off that, star like, radiation. It made sense, to right? Me. Yeah. yeah, and I, th- I think too. One of my issues is that like writers are f- afraid to have characters with overlapping skills, mm-hmm. but that's uh, going to happen sometimes. That's yeah. not a bad thing. Two people can know what they're doing. Yeah, and they can work together. Yeah, but right. like I don't know. You know what? Lena's actually kind of a little bit of this. Like not not she's not scripted poorly, but when she's like just under the table, like building with a, win. Yeah, I, I like that though a lot. Yeah, I, like, that was actually cute. Yeah, so I will I will complain. Like, oh my god, there's someone I can talk to about this. Yeah, I'll never complain about Lena too much. Yeah, well, well if she's a Luther, I kind of expect all of the Luthers to just that one. I think is acceptable because yeah. again, that family name. It's like. I'm Lex Luthor, I know everything, and then he actually does. It has its own gravitas. Yeah. Right. But yeah, guys, tell us what your pumpkin spice trope is, or storytelling convention, or whatever, uh, in the comments, because I like shitting on pumpkin spice lattes this time of year. <laughs> That's the whole I mean, reason I did this segment. I don't like them like them, it's sometimes when I have a latte, I have a pumpkin spice latte, because it's there. I you can always remember. choose not to, though. Yeah. I just made, I just made pumpkin bread. That's pumpkin bread. Pumpkin delicious. bread. I mean, that's and look, if you do like pumpkin uh, spice latte, do you? Just don't put pumpkin spice on my popcorn. <laughs> that's all I ask. I mean, I don't think that's really in danger of happening. I think it's. I think it's. I it's invading. I think it's no. an actual pumpkin thing. spice chickpeas. Every Ugh. every every year, pumpkin spice gains a little bit more mm-hmm. traction. It's the singularity. Yeah. One I, day I there will only be one things. flavor, pumpkin spice, but only and then the other flavors only in October, November. Spices. All right, well, Gretchen has a brunch to get to. So. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. What? what? <laughs> it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. Oh, you Canadian? Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah, this is going to come out on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Happy circus. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Happy Canadian Thanksgiving. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, it's actually harvest time. Let's have a harvest festival. And you can also read more of what we've uh, written about on thefandamentals.com. Be sure to check out our merch and other podcasts. Thank you all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye.
make my editing decisions. Fine. When I make my editing decisions. I don't want to look like an idiot. Why would you look like an idiot? Because I didn't mention it. I didn't go off on like a thing. I thought I was going to go off we on a thing. We don't always have to go off on things. Well, it's have you never listened to our show? Did you just yeah. listen to the conversation we just had? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think Griffin's ever listened to our show. 